Cool. All right, boys. In it to win it. Well, hello. Welcome to Scotch and Splenda, the podcast that tastes like the office and gets you drunk like doing what a farmer does that city folk don't have the stomach to do. <laughs> here Mercy on, killed cats. Here on Scotch and Splenda. <laughs> <It's wrinkles. laughs> when an animal's met, it's time where there's no more value of life. <laughs> Here on Scotch and Splendor, we're talking about anything and everything in the office, but most importantly, theories, side stories, and what ifs. We are your co-regional managers. I'm AJ. I'm BJ. I am Nick. And uh, on this episode, we are about to sing you your favorite songs, give you an excessive amount of sleeping pills, and close you into a freezer nice and gently, but we are not responsible for your shredded bags of fries or the vomit. <laughs> it's dark. Okay, so drink at your own, at your own will, I guess. Is that what it is? I don't know that we're allowed to threaten our listeners with that, are we? That feels like something that's going to get us flagged on Apple. You're not going to threaten or on a good time? Yeah. Unless that's really your thing. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. See, you get it. And deep down, you get it. (laughs) I get it. It's also, uh, well, what she said. (laughs) (laughs) oh guys thank you so much for joining us uh first we got to give you that quick reminder um we are well let me say this we are talking about dwight season four uh all the way through right we got dwight fart shrewd dwight fart shrewd diaper fart shrewd we're we're bringing him back uh why not just keep the party rolling with our main character of the office um, we'll have the we'll, we'll we'll see how far we can get on this, guys. We're we're always trying to keep it a little concise, but before we j- dive into uh, Mr. Fart, um, <laughs> okay, Mr. Poop, hey, Mr. Poop, uh, we want to give you a very quick reminder that while you're here and listening, that uh, uh, you leave us a five star review. Do it on Spotify. Do it on Apple Podcasts. Write us a review. Drop us in a fan theory while you do it. Um, we would love to read it here on the show. Um, you can also leave us a voicemail at this point. That number is 319-359-7977. He's on it today. He's uh, never not on it since the one time he was off it. <laughs> yeah, but that one time Man. was yeah. embarrassing. Wow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh. I'm glad we keep bringing it up. I, know. I don't know how you wake up in the morning, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't, it's it's hard to go to sleep at night yeah. because of it. Let alone you, bra- you, you brave heart, man. It's I, you, brave you wake heart. up every day knowing you got to be you. I, bra- <laughs> <laughs> I brave heart. You got to go be who you are. And you, that's a tough thing to do in life. You're a very brave man. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, welcome well, to the welcome to the Comedy Central roast of Nick Morella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's Rob Lowe? Um, no. Handsome man. We didn't didn't we get a voicemail uh, recently though? We did. All right. Yes, all right. we did. Let's hold on two out. seconds. Let me play it off here for you. All right. Sounds good. Let's hear it. Ready? Yeah. Set. Go. Oh, mark it. <laughs> no. Play through. Ready? Let's see this set, one through, baby. Go. Fuck. Good morning, gentlemen. This is JR from Winchester, Virginia. Um, I have a bit of a discussion topic. Um, it has become known that Mr. Tony Soprano himself, James Gandolfini, was offered a role as a branch manager um, after Michael Scott left and before Robert uh, California came in. But um, HBO swooped in and offered James Gandolfini $3 million not to take the role as to keep the Tony Soprano character pure. Now, my question is to you boys, is let's say James Gandolfini went ahead and took that role. How do you think he would have fared as a branch manager? Uh, we don't know what type of character he would play. Would have played, but let's just imagine the Tony Soprano character came in for that one season. <laughs> Uh, what do you think that would have been like? Or do you think he would have played it differently like any of his other characters? Um, there was a article that I read, which I can't seem to find right now, where Tony Soprano, excuse me, James Gambini actually said he turned down the role because he would come in playing who he is at 2 in the morning, which is kind of weird he would say that. Um... And he couldn't do it because he's not that blue-collar guy, or he is the blue-collar guy. It's, it's interesting. You could probably find that article. But I think it's a good discussion topic to see how that would have gone with uh, James Gandolfini as, you know, the branch or regional manager. Love the show, guys. Thank you very much. This is fun. This is I like that a lot. Thank you, JR. JR, this is wonderful. Um... Oh man! So I I love the Sopranos. My brain is racing at this point. Yeah. Um, now we we did have uh, uh, Angelo uh, Grotti, uh, yeah. who was a bit of a mobster vibe. I want number one. I have to imagine that since they couldn't get uh, James Gandolfini. They probably went with somebody else who had an, an equally intimidating vibe, and uh, mm -hmm. big fan of that. Um, that being said, if HBO, I'm going to start this off real fast. If HBO literally paid James Gandolfini three million dollars to not star in The Office, he was going to be, I think, someone completely different and possibly off the rails. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine so. Somebody just totally different than the Tony Soprano character, and they're worried about like diluting that image of him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I buy that. I did. I was just looking. I'm trying to find that article he was talking about quick. But I can't find it. I found it. I will say this is overwhelmingly true. Yes. Oh yeah. Him Three million dollars. It is not to do it, which is shock. Okay, so let's say Tony Soprano walks in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he he's on the run. You know. Uh, he <clears throat> let's see. Uh, he he reached out to his contacts, said, "I need a I need a place to lie low. I need a middle middle you know middle management 
blue collar job right. or white collar job or whatever that I can uh, that I can lay low for a while. He reaches out to one of his networks. That's obviously Bob Vance. Yeah, Bob Vance fans for Federation. Bob says, "Hey, you know, uh, the idiot manager just left at this paper." It's probably a piece of cake job if he could do it. He applies, <laughs> he gets it. Tony Soprano is now the branch manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton. Yeah. Yes. Um, Anyone want to take a no pun intended whack at how he do? <sighs> wow. Wow. I, we are off to a great start. Um, I really do. I love the idea of Tony Soprano trying to run the office, not like a James Gandolfini character, but actual Tony Soprano. I think that would be excellent. Let's uh, just trying to imagine him dealing with like the break room shenanigans of like Kevin eating his lunch. He comes out and he's like, guys, who did it? Who ate my fucking gabagool again? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where that's let's play this scandal. Let's play the the two. (laughs) Let's play both scenarios and continue on with this one that Nick is Nick is on that you guys are talking about right now. Tony Soprano becomes the middle middle management person here becomes the branch manager um, needing a job of some kind. Um, number one, he's going to be, I think he'd be a spot on hire, uh, based on their hiring history, um, <laughs> all over yeah, the place, just completely all over the place. And they're taking a <laughs> risk. You know, he doesn't come from paper. Um, he's got great management experience from the waste management, you know, that he was involved with before. Um, let's see. He's he, Oh, and by the way, by the way, Creed definitely knows who he is. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And Creed is is calling in sick a lot and there's definitely an episode based around Creed not showing up to work on this. I like it. I like it. I like to think that, you know, volunteer deputy Dwight Troot would be on the case too. I think he'd have his suspicions at first. And then he'd start noticing like weird stuff, weird people swinging by, weird phone calls. <laughs> and, uh, you know, say someone really upsets Tony. Yeah. And he's going to quote, make him disappear and throws him. He's like, I just imagine like Dwight running out to Tony's car and opening the trunk and, and Creed's in there. And he lets Creed out. And, uh, <laughs> just like, just that kind of standings where Tony can't quite let it go. He's like, ah, I can't whack any of these guys, you know, but yeah. Man, that uh, that Stanley Hudson really rubs me the wrong way, or Phyllis in her dang perfume. I'm telling I, you right now, if we were back in Jersey and I was dealing with this fucking Toby, he would be gone. <laughs> Toby's got another thing coming to him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is where it's going. It, like the the fact that Toby exists, he's he's going to be like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? He's coming into my yeah. office. <laughs> talking to me I'm telling me what to do last I checked it's my fucking name on the door <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Mark Wahlberg <laughs> no. yeah. Like, yeah I yeah I know from back home I had a guy like Toby I uh, he was my he was uh, my one of my sister's ex-boyfriends he currently is residing with the fishes <laughs> you know that's a great call out if it's uh, if it's Tony Soprano oh this is yeah, I, that's a world I want so bad. I don't even know that like I I you don't even need to give me a whole season of that. Give me an Emmy's skit of that. Yeah. That I'll, they uh, do. 
I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why Tony Soprano uh, ends up leaving. It ends up being a turf war with Bob Vance. and his guys and he bob vance recognizes that he's moving into his territory and trying to trying to trying to do what bob vance does and uh one of his boys comes up beaten leah uh gino comes up yeah comes up beaten to a pulp and there's a retaliation in play and tony soprano is run out of town by Bob Vance. Nice. He says, "Listen, Bob, I, 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 my my little brother's in town. I'm trying to show it a good time. Your boy Gino sold me a Caprizi salad, <laughs> and we were just looking for a little weed, and so we had to take care of him. <laughs> we was, had to teach him a lesson. I was trying to buy. I was trying yeah. to buy a little bit of coke from your boy Gino. He sells me this. You think I don't know what fucking baking powder is?" I'll tell you what, it doesn't, it doesn't feel too good once it hits your nose. Yeah. <laughs> this, would, this would be the greatest show ever written. Yeah. He goes, the, to, the re- he goes to the restaurant with the, uh, where uh, they, they took the other, who they thought mobster was, and he tries to order the gabagool. Yeah. And it's like, they don't have that. Yeah, you don't have gabagool? Where don't are have gabagool? We? What kind of self-respecting Italian establishment is this? <laughs> <laughs> Your mother would be disappointed in you. <laughs> I love the idea of Dwight actually not figuring out that like he's in the crime portion until it's too late and he's become Tony's like consigliere for the area. Yeah, I need you to run That's... an errand, Dwight. Okay, you're gonna take this bag, you ain't gonna open it. Okay? You're gonna meet. You're gonna meet. Dwight my... follows rules to a T. Yeah, and he, you're he... not gonna open it. You're gonna meet my boy Paul at the corner. Okay, you're gonna pass it off. <laughs> and Dwight would do it <laughs> and he would he'd have no questions about it finally he'd never have any suspicions he'd be the best errand boy that's ever existed for the mob organization 100 <laughs> percent. what what kind of what kind of pranks are is is jim playing on dwight in this whole thing none Ooh. jim jim has put it together early too and is terrified of tony <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, Tony Jim invites is, the boys over for a uh, a a wine party, much like Robert California's. Except Jim runs out of fear for his life once he realizes what is happening. <laughs> he realizes Jim, that this is a front. Yeah. Jim is terrified at all of the shit that everybody else is doing, not realizing who their boss is. Um, yeah. so I like the idea that like Phyllis would probably know. So if, the, if he's Bob Vance's yeah. content, and that's what I mean is like, it, you know, Phyllis has like the inside track yeah. on what's going on here. And I have to imagine that there's some sort of issue taken with, um, you know, Phyllis's long lunches with Bob and that's how they meet. And yeah. she, he walks in and he says, you know, Scott never really had a problem with this. You understand yeah. where I'm coming from there, Tony? And Tony <laughs> says, no, I don't fucking understand where you're coming from. Unfortunately, we got a business to run here. And that's what he does. And this is, this. I, I think that it becomes a turf war. I can't get that out All of my right. head. And uh, I love I love that idea. Um, and I also love that Dwight is the best Aaron boy. Creed knows exactly who he is and what's going on. But he knew Creed because of a previous alias that Creed had. 
Um, and I think he definitely hooked up with Meredith his first night in town. He goes, he goes, I know that. I know that guy in the back corner, the gray haired guy. That's William Charles Schneider. He owes me a lot of fucking money. <laughs> Charles Schneider. That's good. A draft dodging son of a bitch. I like that he, he starts to, you know, Jim walks in at a bad time and hears something he's not supposed to overhear, right? And then he, you know, he, he cut turns, goes and sits down quietly. And, and Tony walks up to his desk and walks up to him, grabs a picture of Cece and goes, Oh, is this your daughter? She's very pretty. Oh. You still live in that house down by the quarry? I got your address right here. Like, <laughs> you live down by the Jim, quarry? I was Jim just down there the other night. I was just down there. I think I drove right by your house. Yeah. <laughs> you got that fucking clown painting in the hallway, right? Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, man, it'd, it'd be terrible to see something horrible happen to your daughter. Hey, and, I live uh, down that just, way. I'm, I'm around all the time. If you, uh, if you ever need anything, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you, you need. Jim looked at camera yeah. uh, pure terrified. He leaves it leaves him with some sort of like you're a smart guy, Jim. Make sure you stay smart. Yep. Stay smart. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you're the number two around here. Well, actually, well, I mean number two. It's not real. It's not real. I think Dwight Dwight would make a great number two maybe a a great advisor maybe a great (laughs) right hand for what you're trying to accomplish so (laughs) i i love the idea that dwight is running all these errands and like still doesn't know what's going on but has started to think that like i don't know that tony knows all these guys he's in business with are crooked (laughs) type of like and getting some bad vibes from some of these guys that tony's in business with i should let him know so that he's not caught unaware (laughs) dwight ends up becoming an enforcer by accident saying are you trying to scam tony he's like last time he's like (laughs) (laughs) he basically shakes down one of the guys who tries who tries to to like upend tony on on a deal yeah and he ends up being an enforcer on accident <laughs> an accessory to extortion I <laughs> heard, <love> the, <laughs> heard the bag was two g's light you managed to get the money anyways that's the kind of skill we need in this organization it takes guts it takes guts and uh <laughs> you don't yeah. see that every every day now you don't see that every day and, and uh, Dwight comes back with like a bag of money, you know, and puts it on his desk and he's like, man, that's a lot of paper. And Dwight's <laughs> like, heck yeah, it is. Number one salesman. Dwight. <laughs> but then Tony opens. So then he starts delivering bags to Tony and Tony never opens them. But then he finally opens one up and it's just a lot of paper inside the bag. Paper. <laughs> <laughs> Tony really hey, loves hey. paper. Dwight, so I've been delivering paper for him what the hell is this dwight uh that's a that's a whole ream Tony. <laughs> you ever oh seen a God. whole ream boy this I, is a rabbit hole um i've never fucking wanted a, a television show more than i want I know. that television show let me ask you guys real quick give me give me 30 to 45 seconds what kind of character would 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 james gandolfini play if it were not tony soprano i like, like I like that he goes the complete opposite direction for me. I like that he's like, he's like sweetheart, super supportive, a little bit goofy, like just completely against type. Yeah. I think he would be almost uh, parallel to Robert California, to be honest. 
Okay. Like I, I think he'd play it very, very straight. And he'd say, you know, intimidating things, but not intentionally intimidating. Like Tony would be intentionally intimidating. I think he would kind of play like a parallel to a Robert California, but with more of a uh, New Yorker, you know, no, mm. no more Jersey, you know, like he's uh, like, we need to get a sales increase. All right. Here's what you need to do. I like to, I like that. Um, I think, um, I think mine is, mine is he would be flamboyantly like gay. Oh yes, (laughs) I think it would be amazing. I think it would be amazing. Uh, He he would come in with like a lot of like scarfs, like ascots, cravats, you know, like that kind of thing. He'd be dressed to the nines, um, lots of jewelry on his hands, that kind of a thing. Like kind of like very very just like clean cut, like very very sharp, and just like an absolute charmer to everyone he meets. But nobody will come out and say it, right? <laughs> and like, but right. and, and then and then it like, uh, he'll he'll refer to like his his partner is Chris or something yeah. or Pat. Oh, something something, something that's ambiguous. very ambiguous. And, <laughs> and everybody's get trying to guess, and he does hold a party. But then they all go over there anticipating to find out, you know, is he actually like, hey, I don't know. And then, oh, unfortunately, they couldn't make it. They had to go out of town on business. (laughs) So good. Something along those lines. That's That's a very funny, like, arc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's got big Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Scully, is it his dog or is it his wife? Right. Yeah. I love that. And it, it would be it would be a uh, Oscar situation with the uh, Stanley's mustache. Yeah, where he'd be like, yeah. he's definitely gay, and then he turns around, he's like, wait, he's not gay. Like he said, he's like, like, no, wait, yep, he's definitely gay. No, halfway, no, nope. halfway through the season, everybody gives up, and you never find out one way or the other. <laughs> they leave it ambiguous. They leave the it end. ambiguous because it doesn't matter. That's what I yeah. want. <laughs> oh. All right, I love that. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. All right, I'm big in on that. Uh, <laughs> Jr., you got us rolling, man. Yeah, um, what a good one. That was a great one. We really do appreciate that call in, guys. You can always call in, leave us a voicemail three one nine three five nine seven nine seven seven. Shoot that over to us there. We. Got a little bit more chit chatting to do here, but not before we wet the whistle. What do we got? Hell yeah! What do we got here? We have a very one of my favorites. It is the Weller, and I believe it's the last one to complete the series. Kind of this Weller we got, series. Wait, wait, we White Label C Y O B. Yeah, C Y C Y P B P B. Yep. I don't yeah. think we've done that. We've not done that one. We've not done the big daddy, the William LaRue either. CBGB. Oh yeah. We're saving that one. We're saving that one. That's a big one. So, but I did bring the Weller single barrel. It is the orange label. Orange label. Um, one of the more tougher ones to find for sure. For sure. For sure. As we go through all these. Um, and one of my favorites, I have been waiting a long time to try this with you guys. And it's as all Wellers. It is a weeded bourbon. Okay. And, 
obviously I don't need to over explain what single barrel is because <clears throat> you guys can everyone out there can probably put two and two together there. Is that does that mean you want every single other barrel that could be possibly in existence? Nah, it means I want did, to he did own find a way to it. misinterpret it. I want to own every single barrel of Weller. Oh, okay. Ever made. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Sense. Well, let's, uh, let's pop this baby open. Yeah. And give her a try. Get it. I'm doing no ice with this one. Oh, it's a good looking whiskey glass. AJ. Mm. Yes. Um, technically it's technically it's Sean's. <laughs> who? I stole it. I stole it from him. I don't know who Sean oh, is. That's an I unrelated see, podcast to this. I level. see your glass says confused on it. Are you confused on what podcast you're doing right now? No, just he's confused con- why I'm drinking. Confused why they're right so now. scared to finally branch out and just have us on the show as guest experts. I know. I know. Cowards. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> Sorry or not. Burt Kreischer. Yeah. <laughs> I must have had a baseball to the head of the Field of Dreams Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is 48.5%. It is a 97 proof. <laughs> and tell me tell me what you guys get. I uh, get uh, so I'll tell you this, when I opened the the little bottle that I have of this, right? Before I even poured it out before anything, it was that green apple effect that I talk about a lot. Fruity fruit, like uh, that sour apple, that green apple that that uh, apple peel, you know, that kind of a vibe. Um, yep. After you like cut an apple, like, or you core an apple, you know what I mean? Yep. That yep, is 100%. what I get uh, wholeheartedly. Um, and then I get some more of that um, almost like something sweet, something sweeter about it. Um, it's almost like syrupy to me. Yeah. You know? Like it's got like a, a little... I don't want to say girth is probably uh, not the right word. But I it's would, got like a little, it's got a little substance to viscosity. it. You know? Viscosity. Viscosity. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. That's probably the more, uh, especially when you put it, the acceptable term, especially when you, when you, when you put it with like some ice, you can definitely tell on that. The fact that you said that though, it does make me think of like a, um, almost like a, a raw, like, um, a raw syrupy kind of like or mapley kind of vibe almost like uh in there very subtle yep. i don't know that's where i'm at though and and i get the wheat you can tell it's weeded it's smooth totally. it's it's breathable very like, much so i think uh i don't know i just this is one of my favorite favorite is, favorite whiskeys this is very good um i like i have a big ice cube in my glass it's very good uh, very, very easy to drink. Very tolerable as far as like my palate goes. Um, I don't get a lot of sting, a lot of burn or anything too much, anyways. So, how many packs of Splenda are you putting in this bad boy? Not much, man. Um, like, like that's like. Honestly, I don't think I really need any on that. Um, hey, oh, hey! You know, second ever. If I didn't have ice, um, could be a different story. But yeah, you know, weeded bourbons are very, they are very tolerable, sweet They're very sweet yeah. um, by comparison. You know, you have your wheat and then the opposite end of the spectrum, that rye, you know, and uh, um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, gentlemen. 
Cool. Nick, any final thoughts? Oh, I think it's excellent. Very good stuff. Um, thick, like you said, kind of a thick boy. Good legs on the glass. Two, um, two to three C's in that thickness. Thick. 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 With an extra. Yep. Um, if you were to add it to the mixture of a bread, it would have to be challah bread. Sorry. All right. Um, no, down. excellent. Very good stuff. Very, very sweet. Very easy to drink. Uh, a lot of sweetness on the nose. <laughs> a lot of sweetness on the finish. Uh, well, well, let's move on. Okay. Well, good, good. <laughs> Dwight, season four. Guys. Bam, bam, bam. Let's talk fun run, guys. We had so much. Well, we had so much fun talking about Dwight, season three. Let's go ahead and run on into season four, huh? Oh, oh man. God. How does he that. do Was it? That, did that joke have two parts? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you have that written down? I wish. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. It was just bad. Organic. Mm. All right. Fun run. Who wants the? Who wants this? Nick, you want to start by telling? T- was that organic. joke organic? Because it went bad really fast. Oh, so man. Did he do it? Fun run start. All right. Are you done? Can we can move we, on? or Can we grow up a little bit and do our show? All right. All right. Uh, so it starts with <laughs> it starts with uh, Michael pulling in and uh, running over Meredith, right? Yes. Is that how we start this season? He's well, truly, truly blessed. Well, yep. milk. And then from there we get into uh, obviously we find out that Meredith has rabies. Yes. From the uh, probably from the bat incident, but we don't know for sure. Uh, cuts back to the bat incident, so we certainly have our speculations there. Yep. Oh. Uh, and then Michael wants to put together a fun run pro am 5k race for the cure race for I the think. cure. Yeah. There's for the cure. Definitely miss for the cure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the answering machine. So, so and focusing Dwight, on Dwight. Yeah. yeah. Dwight has killed sprinkles at this point. And I was going to uh, say, yeah, as, as mercy killed sprinkles, yes. Angela's ailing elderly cat. It, uh, Dwight mercy if, killed if Angela's that, cat. If that cat was a person, that person would be the poster child for voluntary euthanasia. For hospice. Um, <laughs> that cat was, I would say, on its last legs, but it's on more like artificially constructed legs. Yeah. When um, Angela takes Dwight out back to explain how he needs to care for sprinkles. Yep. And it just he just kind of like looks off at the camera. Like, you know already he's just going to kill him. And he's just absolutely annoyed and disgusted. And you got to, like, roll the bottle in your hand to warm it up. And then you got to rub it around the base of his anus. The base of her tail. Base of his tail, yeah. And she might as well be explaining a a new random Catholic card game rules to Dwight at this point. He has checked out. Before yeah. she has gotten halfway through this abomination of a routine, and and that, like everybody else is thinking, what Dwight is thinking, you yeah, know what I mean? For, I think put anyways. this poor thing out of his misery, yes, or her misery. Stop, stop dragging this thing through the metaphorical mud of life. Like, let it go, okay. You're it's doing because you don't get into cat heaven if it's a suicide, <laughs> AJ. <laughs> if you're euthanized. If you're euthanized. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Okay, fine. But but like 
I sang her her favorite songs. <laughs> okay, but what? What are her favorite songs? We, I know. Little they Drummer never, Boy. It's definitely Little Drummer Boy for sure because Angela's playing that thing year round. I mean, yes. it's probably like if she walks in the door, if she's an Alexa girl, she says, Alexa, I'm home. And it's like, welcome home, Angela. Cue Little Drummer I, Boy. Turn on Kitchen Light. You, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yep. And then go straight to Sprinkles for a quick, subtle snuggle sesh. And then she preps dinner, maybe some you know vegetables probably, and then takes Sprinkles out for a walk, or at least used to, but now he can't walk, so she just picks him up and carries him around the neighborhood, and the cat's like, I don't want to be outside right now. This She's like, Sprinkles, mm. isn't it a beautiful night? And he's like... Argh. Because <laughs> it doesn't meow anymore. Which is cat uh, for kill me. Kill me. <laughs> uh, that thing, yeah, that no, thing for sure. is living. songs are our little drummer boy. And I have to imagine like Marilyn Manson's Tainted Love. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, that makes seems sense. like an easy jump. Um, I would, I would, I would uh, offer up Creed's higher. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not, he never been a big big human clay person. He prefers my own prison. Oh no, it's, go for a Creed song. No wonder it wants to be put out of its Angela's misery. Listening to like religious, just terrible songs too. Like yeah. she probably gets home and puts on like the Veggie Tales theme track. She and, she she gets <laughs> home. She gets home and puts on the Sarah McLaughlin theme to the Animals for Rescue theme song. Oh, That's what she gets down That's what she hears on a daily basis. She's got a DVR full of the 700 Club episodes, which was that awful show that played after Whose Line Is It Anyway? That's that's the awful show that every 90s kid woke up to in the middle of the night. Bingo, baby. That and and George Lopez. TV off because they fell asleep to Nick at Night. All (laughs) my friends know the low rider. All right. So here's 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 the thing I've always kind of like thought about, and I don't know if we've talked about it, but. The equilibrium of the office, yeah, and only having one major dating couple at a time. Sure, okay, and it and it was, you know, Angela and Dwight, and then Jim and Pam got together, and the very episode that Jim and Pam get together, Dwight and Angela break up. Ooh, yeah. touche. Yeah. So the 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 writers, if you want to look at it from the you know the fourth wall or whatever, mm-hmm. needed that equilibrium of we now we need a a struggling couple again because yeah. the struggling couple of Jim and Pam is now over and they're going into happy date mode, you know, right. that everybody wanted. Yeah. So I've always thought, I've always thought that in the back of my head, I'm just like, yeah, the writers just, they just couldn't, just couldn't let them keep going in secret forever. Like they needed, it, it was, was not their, a bandwidth. It was their arc, right? Yeah. So yeah. like they got to the point where it was like, okay, now either Angela and, and Dwight need to come out as a couple because at this point, Angela's going to like want to get married, right? Yeah, and that's like that's what she's going to want, or we have to break them up. Yeah, and so and you have to think like there's there's a fine line here between like being a comedy and then being a rom com. You know, right, right, right. right. There, like you can't you can't have the rom overtake the com. <laughs> you know, like right. And this show never does. It never does. And unfortunately, as we've discussed at length, you know, they really, really. You, kind of mess it mess a lot up when it becomes the Andy and Aaron show but the the romantic I I do think honestly maybe some of the funniest um, like romantic triangle 
that happens in this is the Andy Dwight Angela. Yeah. I think it's yeah, hilarious. It's, well, I think I think some of the jokes that Andy's come out vi- is Yeah, it's funny because Andy's the victim. Andy's a victim uh, of it. Yeah, and that and makes it's funny, it funny because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And I think you know, Angela never stopped loving Dwight from the moment they broke up. Right. I mean, it's very clear. And and then she tries to basically go out with his arch nemesis throughout this season, which will and we'll get there. And and who's Dwight's now essentially arch nemesis without it without allowing it to be Jim would be Andy. Yeah, right. And and that was kind of the whole point. But it but does that, help. I mean, That's a good point, actually. I, I I need to touch on that because it is a good focus, like readjustment that the focus dr- is drawn away from Jim and Dwight's focus is drawn in towards this love triangle of of Andy and Angela. You know, so that way you can at least. You can at least hold, you can compartmentalize these two things and have Jim and and Pam in what is essentially kind of their honeymoon phase. Yeah. And let them have it. I think, and then I think that it makes for all the drama and everything you kind of want out of like, um, you know, the, this kind of a, a you, you want the tension. We can't, but but we can't get any more tension out of Jim and Pam, really. Yep. So we've already we've already established they're a couple, right? So we need yep. to get some tension out of them, and it, it plays on it extremely well. Yeah, and I think what you said is there's a difference between a comedy and a rom com, mm-hmm. and the reason I I think The Office never became a rom com is because Jim and Pam, season one, two, three, always the B story, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's never, it's never what the show is only about. Right. And then you move on to them being together, Dwight and Angela or Dwight. Yeah. Dwight and Angela break up. It's never the A story. Right. The fun run is the A story. And it's Michael hitting Meredith with his car. That's, I mean, that's the story. And then, and then you get to the Andy and Aaron down the road, which we've already talked to in deep. And I truly don't think that overtakes it because no one gives a shit. That's about true. <laughs> like that's hundred percent true. It. And so and it never of becomes our least that. favorite episodes. Yeah. When uh, you talk about stuff like get the girl, it's yeah. like that. Like it's, it's the a story and it's fucking terrible. Can and I, all you watch in that episode is the B story. Yep. It's true. Everyone. <laughs> I have to add that Dwight has an amazing moment of like uh, genuine care and concern in what what is owned by a great rebuttal from Michael when he says, well, why don't we just set up, take the remainder and set up a college fund for Meredith's son? <laughs> yeah. What a great yeah, that, recommendation. That, and then it's like, you met, you met that, that kid? Kid? <laughs> He's not going that to college. college. <laughs> you think <he's> <laughs> He's not going to college. So <laughs> she's right. He gets a face tattoo and becomes a stripper. That's very true. <laughs> um, there, there's, there's a lot of moments through this that, um, uh, Dwight, I think we see a lot of Dwight at his lowest throughout this season. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and especially in the next episode. Yeah. Which so is, I've done something real quick and I was trying to find it on my phone, which I'm not going to be able to do. I just, I think we all agree that while Dwight is weird, he's not stupid. Right. 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 Like no one's ignorant, but not stupid. He's not stupid. And in fact, uh, in one of the most recent office ladies, they were talking about how Dwight will spout off like random 
facts that seem seem absurd and then jenna and angela dig into it and it's like almost all of the time it like is true yeah like his weird facts but anyway my whole point of this is this is the episode where dwight calls angela cute as a button and he's right sake (laughs) (laughs) he runs up next to her and says well you look cute as a button that did not feel worth backtracking for. <laughs> you earned that entire uh, moment. All right. Dunder Mifflin Infinity. Do you understand? It's yes. the next episode. Great. Uh, I'll Great. touch on this one. Good. So this is a two-part episode, but really, I feel like the second part of this episode is is where you get the Dwight, right? So Dwight's yeah. super depressed from breaking up with Angela, and he is trying to get a win by winning clients back with the gift baskets with Michael. Yes. Yep. So this is, I mean, that that's where the Dwight takes this episode over is the obviously the most like one the, the most iconic scene of this episode. Maybe the most iconic scene of the show is that Michael drives into the lake. It can't mean that. It means yeah, they're right. It means this is right. the lake. This is the lake. <laughs> what are you doing? It can't mean that. Uh, I've prepared for this. Stay calm. <laughs> it, and the fact that this is still when Dwight is being a good number two, number three, whatever he is, yeah. you know, and follows Michael, but he follows his, his leader. Yep. But the when they're wet from the lake and they go back to that guy's office and they're demanding where are the where are the turtles where, where are, are the turtles, turtles? and uh, they're they're doing that and and Dwight my favorite scene of this episode is when Dwight hops up on the couch <laughs> and he goes I hope I don't get your leather couch wet wet <laughs> and he's oh like, my oh, shoes he's like wiggling on it like a worm but <laughs> yeah. it's like we'll bill hey. you. It's leather. (laughs) You're not going to hurt it. Exactly. Yeah. The way that he's like, he's like, yes, just writhing his body around on top of this couch. He's got like a whole ass leg up on it at one point. Rain Wilson knows physical comedy. He does. He he genuinely does. Um, I think it's a, we get, we get plenty of that. And I think he, owns his character so much i think you really get to see an actor own their character when they have to kind of go full opposite almost when they've got to take what is normally an outlandish character for what this show is and then you we we say hey you have to be a depressed version of this yeah the five o'clock shadow you know the yep. the, the crying beard on the planet. Yes, like is this second life episode or is that the next one? That is, um, that is not this. It is the next episode. Dwight's second second second, life? second 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 life second life. Okay, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. Sorry, I, I was I didn't want to I didn't want to go past this episode if the if it was part of that. No, yeah, and I I do because. Because we start to see a lot, like it's it's amazing how much that I think there, even even though there are plenty of other things going on, how much of this focus, how much of this season is really focused around Dwight, even though, and like how many other storylines actually link to him, 
Um, yep. There's a ton. Lots of B storylines linked to him from the, you know, the first, the first date, like staying at the, at the, uh, the, the B it's not a and B, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously with Angela and Andy, um, the fact that Andy is like relaying this information to, to Dwight, um, I'm not sure if we're quite there yet, but. Um, we, I mean, we can move on from this specific episode if you guys are good. What's the next one? Next one is going to be launch party. Lance launch party. party. Launch party. Yeah. Which I'm sorry. Second, Second Life is not this one. It's coming up. It's local ad. I, I felt like. Oh, okay. So, oh. But we'll, we'll, when we get there, I can't wait to discuss. The sorry, local ad is wonderful. So launch, launch party, obviously, is uh, Dunder Mifflin Infinity going live. Dwight's attempt to uh, outsell the computer. Amazing. And. And Jim and Pam's uh, pranking of Dwight pretending to be the sentient computer who has just learned what it is. This yep. might be, this is a top tier prank for me, I have to say. Yeah. I forgot to put this one in the pranks. I know. Oh, no. we, might, we might have to do a round two pranks. And I don't know if you guys saw. There was a which, tie. It was a tie. Yeah. The finale was a tie. So I don't know what to do. I was waiting for us to record so we could talk about it. Do I repost we or do I let it to. stand? Do they both live as the two best pranks of the office? I think we need a recount. Asian Jim and identity theft. And identity Identity theft. theft. Look, look, you can't, you can't have where, what, what ship didn't set sail with two captains? Yeah. Okay. What would we do without the popes? Where would the Catholic church be without the popes? (laughs) I know. Okay. You're right. You're right. We need to establish. They're co-regional winners. I will, I'll repost it. In fact, in fact, if this episode airs Thursday, when or when, Thursday, September twenty eighth, I will repost for a re, rematch on it. Okay. This is this is going to be, you know, this is this is Rocky and Creed movie two. Okay, oh boy, who's 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 the Rocky? Oh boy, we I don't know. Asian Jim being pulled up like I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> hey, I didn't know Bell, but maybe we can go back and and pick more pranks and do another one, and then we okay. can hit the winner of that bracket against the yeah. winner, the final winner of this one. I can dig that definitely. Yeah, because you're right. This is a sorry to derail us again, but this is a top tier prank. It's a top yeah. tier prank, man. Like this is full this on. It's full on psychological manipulation, psycho- psychological warfare. Like I yeah. mean. And Pam tries to be the good person at first, saying, "Like he's going through a rough time," and and Jim's like, "Yeah, but he's also being awful, you know." And he's also being really annoying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you guys want a Do you guys want a mind bender uh, mini theory on this? Talk to me. All right. Had Always. had Jim and Pam not performed this prank, it would not have driven Dwight to outperform the website. Oh, correct. Yeah, hundred percent. Huh? Yep. Yeah. And then, and then you could you could write a whole rabbit hole of of how that goes because I'm guessing the next day after launch day, you know, David Wallace had a roundtable with Ryan and some other executives. They're like, "Well, how did you know? How was day one? You know?" And if if Ryan got to go in there and be like, "Just like I projected, it's the number one salesman in the company now. Like, no labor, number one salesman." And, and no, because what happened is Ryan went into that board meeting and had to look at David Wallace as David says, 
Wow, it did pretty good. Had second most sales in the company, but Dwight, our Dwight, number one salesman, still took it out. Still outperformed it and proved, 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 proved Jim's theory that what we have going for us is our customer service. Yeah, correct. What we have is our people-to-people skills, and that's something that a computer and that a website cannot do for us. Had the website outperformed every single salesperson in the company, there could have been immediate layoffs. There could have been immediate cuts to staffing. Who's your... Great. So we now have this website that's performing sales. Who is your least performing salesperson out of the last six months? They are now... It's now severance at this point. Cut. Yeah. Correct. And One here, person from across all branches. Boom. Let me back up that even more. Do because it. Because if, if the website was number one and Ryan said, we can drop our 10% lowest selling salesman, the computer matched them or whatever percent, maybe it's 20%. Yeah. Our computer matched their daily productivity we can drop them and then use all the money we're saving from their labor and invest it into the website to make it function better you know make it more streamlined correct and and then they never would have had the sexual predators the sales would have been downloading correctly on the website like they were supposed to yeah it wouldn't have led to ryan's fraud potentially right correct i think i think jim's dwight or jim's prank on dwight was the downfall of ryan's career of ryan oh (laughs) wow so we are in it wrong we're in the thick of it boys wow this is i think this is pretty groundbreaking this is this pretty feels solid. Very much like one of those I'm rabbit stamp holes it of like I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I'm gonna yeah. be bold. Stamp it in. Stamped. Jim's prank on Dwight was the downfall of Ryan Howard's career. Yep. Agree. The the prank fueled Dwight Schrute's drive to outperform the website, which in turn not only probably saved the careers of multiple salespeople, but also was the ultimate demise uh, of Ryan Howard's career. Because it Which gave leads- Michael the ammunition at the end of the night, where he's on, where he's on a webcam. And he says, "My salesman outsold your crappy website." I just so so what and, and embarrasses the shit out of Ryan in yeah. front of everybody. Amazing. And we get a we get a uh, a rare bleep during that moment too. Yeah, but it's uh yeah. so one follow up on this, and we can move on to the next episode. Okay. Jim Halpert is directly responsible for Ryan's awful blonde hair. Ooh, oh, touche. No. It's like it's like they had to fire him, but at what cost? I mean, <laughs> it really also opens up a lot of light as to why as to why Ryan is trying to get rid of Jim. You yeah. know, why he is has this kind of vendetta against Jim because and I, I, I have to think, I have to think about when did when did they have that conversation? You know, when did it say? When did he say, "Hey, man, like, can I run something by you?" Love it. And he says, yeah. "I feel like the thing I, we got yes. going for us, our customer service." And he says, "He's like, yeah, I really appreciate that." It's like, I think it's like, and David Wallace appreciates it too. You told him about this, you know, like, watch your back, Jim. And yeah. it kind of gives us that insight that he is playing that and he proved it wrong with with dwight essentially yeah 
unknowingly. Yep. Very interesting. Yeah, 100%. Are the writers of this show that genius? They might be. Oh my god, they're good. They can't, they we can't backtrack on that. We shit on the writers damn near every episode. I know, but well, we also love their show. Sometimes they get it right. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they get it right. Broken clock twice a day and all that. Yeah. All right, well, the what's next that? One is money, another two-part, the final of the first four two-parters. Yeah. So money, money is definitely not a Dwight-centered episode for Big sure. Michael. Really, this is this episode is just Dwight pines over Angela and Andy's, you know, trying to ask her out, whatever. And eventually at the end of the episode, Angela gives him permission to ask her out essentially. Right. Right. And so it's depressed Dwight. Really the only Dwight thing we can, I would touch on in this episode is Dwight at his worst yeah. is, Oh, I guess this is, I mean, I guess, hold on back up. Jim and Pam go to Dwight's farm for, Yes, a bed and breakfast. I mean, we yeah. can't we can't blow over that. But the B and B, the B and B. Yep. Uh, but the biggest thing I got out of this episode is is the end when Dwight's depressed and Jim actually comforts him, you know, very nicely <laughs> in the stairway hallway, and then he does the most hilarious. Yep, <laughs> the most hilarious <laughs> going to put his arm around him for the hug, and Jim's already gone. <laughs> More I, up until that moment, comedy. I yeah. have I have laughed. I have done the rewind, like on that, like the VHS rewind on that <laughs> moment. Be like when I've had like like two or three drinks or something, and I'm watching The Office, and I will lose my shit over that, literally so often. So like, good. And and apparently that was a moment kind of created. I might have been Greg Daniels, but I might have been just whoever was directing at that moment. And he he motioned to John Krasinski to come away because and because it was supposed to be a moment between Dwight and Jim. Yeah. And he does the the move <laughs> and he pulls Jim out of the scene and he it's leaves amazing. Dwight hanging. Your director for that episode was Paul Lieberstein, Paul Mr. Lieberstein. Toby Slenderson. Oh, yep. God, that is so Written funny. and directed Paul Lieberstein that episode. Sorry, we get, we get back up. This is, I don't know, I totally forgot about the bed and breakfast, though. I mean, this is a huge Dwight episode. Huge Dwight <laughs> like, episode. You get to, you get Moe's in this episode. I mean, you get you get to see the full on. He's trying to do the B&B. I know we had it on trivia, but he's got the three rooms. It's uh, America, nighttime, and irrigation. Yes, we and, we we really get to see Dwight in his element here, right? Yeah, but, and he's the he's depressed, the moaning, the the, the awful mm, moaning, <laughs> the oh, awful moaning. Thank you for bringing that to the attention of the staff. We'll yeah. the morning. <laughs> uh, obviously, the best part of the the whole episode for that side of it is when. Jenna Fisher, Pam looks out the window yeah. and sees Moe's in the shines a flashlight on Moe's in the outhouse. The wind's just flapping the door, and she's like, "What century is what this? Century is this?" <laughs> it's also also the fact that that Dwight gives in to reading the Harry Potter bedtime uh, story. Yeah. Yep, so, also yeah. amazing. Uh, trivia thing. question at one of the trivia nights I've been to: What mm-hmm. Harry Potter book is he reading? Is he reading? Is it Half Blood Prince? Is it Deathly Hallows one? 
Well, there's only one Deathly Hallows. Yeah, yeah, and yes. And I just love that he's going to start a Harry Potter book with them and he chooses the last book. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Like, and, and by the way, they're completely wireless there at Troop Farms. Yes, um, yes. So, agro-tourism is not a bed and breakfast. It consists of staying the night, showing them around, giving them a bed, Giving them breakfast. Giving them breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else for money? No, nothing I can think no. of other than a B and B for Dwight. It's All right, it lo- is local. The, I just have Sorry. to say, it is the moment where where we we do have that very heartfelt moment also of uh, where they're all just so tired. There's something very very. Uh, about that last moment of that episode when they are all walking in and everyone is just so tired from the night they had before. All they did for, this on a weekday. Yes, this is yeah. all on a weekday, and Michael is tired from his job. Dwight is tired from from being up and depressed. Jim and Pam have been up at that freaking B and B all night. Like it, yeah. it's just so funny to watch them all, but like, and have that little honest moment of appreciation like, for yeah, Dwight. It's like camaraderie of yeah. being tired. Everyone's right. tired for different reasons. Yeah, and Everybody's kind of commiserating for one yeah, thing or yeah, another. Yeah, the uh, telemarketing job till and midnight. I'm glad and that you Jan enjoyed had, your stuff. Jan had too much wine, so he had to drive home. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't feel like she it. drove God. there. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. She drove Lo- there. Local ad. Local ad is the next one. This is the one with. Uh, oh, so yes. at this point, you know, Angela and uh, Andy are dating, right? Yeah. And Dwight is losing himself in Second Life. At one point, his life was so good, he literally wanted a second life. <laughs> Yeah. And and now he's immersing himself in it because he is depressed. Second, second. Yeah. And I want to say that one of the best pranks, in my opinion, of the show. Oh boy. Of the show. Big britches. Was a deleted scene oh, from yes. this episode when <sighs> it cuts. To Rain Wilson, Dwight playing Second Life, and he is in his house in Second Life and opens the closet door, and it's a bazooka in Jello. And he goes, Who put my bazooka in Jello? And it's Jim's yes. character sneaking away from him. That is the funniest callback to the original <laughs> prank of the show that they ever could have written. Yes that it's it's a brilliant callback and it's a massive thing of jello and there's also another scene where Dwight is using a bazooka in like a paintball match yeah yep yeah of and that was the one i wanted to bring up was and it's he's like pissing everybody off <laughs> Like he's like, take yeah. that. Life isn't fair. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just going in on people. Uh like it's really fun. Like Dwight is totally, totally immersed in kind of like ruining everyone else's life just kind of like his in his second yeah. life. I think that's very funny. Yeah. It's yeah. great. It's it's good. But yeah. all right, what else from from local ad? I mean this is very a, a very very Michael centric obviously episode. Yeah, sure. Um, and I don't remember what 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 was Dwight's part in the uh, in the ad. 
He was it's helping with shooting and editing, wasn't he? Shooting and editing, watching Michael. Yeah, yeah he he slept overnight. But what was his part in the actual ad? He he was had the I'm your son. I'm your son. I, you have a son, yeah. and it's me. And it's Sometimes me. bad news yeah. isn't always what it seems. Sorry, Michael. That ad wasn't that great. It's Although the an animation at the end was great. I love Good job, it. Pam. I love the ad. Are you if, kidding? If you saw an ad like that, though, in real life, you'd be like, what is happening? Oh, no, 100%. What? What's the give us the great, uh, the great stinger for his production company, which is, AJ? The stinger for his ad company? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great score! Uh... <laughs> What's the runtime of Michael's of of Michael's commercial? Um, it's got to be over over minute two minutes. <laughs> it's so long. Like, yeah, there, this is know. a thirty second commercial spot, and uh, I'm gonna Google it right now. You guys talk about something for a second. Local ad. Uh, I'm trying to look. It says uh, that. Well, this is the whole segment. It's three minutes and twenty two seconds. I'm going to look this yeah, up right and that's, now. That's how freaking it, here we go. Long. It probably is. You're right. You're probably right. It's just, let's see. I'm pulling this up. Come on, yeah, Domino's. A, I'm done with you. Uh, it's a 30 second TV spot that he's supposed to be doing. And he decides that he's going to make a three and a half minute short film here. Here we go. So it's going to be like, Hey, do you mind putting this in? Um, and so here we go. Corporate memo. That means that uh, during this time frame, it is over two minutes long. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> it's over two minutes long. It's, are I'm, we going to get sued if I just play it? Uh, we'll get, are we getting in trouble? Here. Nah. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> are we going to get in some trouble if I just I play know. it? We're not big enough to have trouble. Can you hear this at all? Oh, wait, are, everybody be cool. Everybody I listen and be cool. Nobody narc us to NBC. Are you ready? Hold on. We got to play the old one first. Okay. They seem like a big hit. No, people are stupid. People like <laughs> waving. Waving cells, not art. Yeah, we made our ad. The real one was full of humor and full of depth and full heart, and it was real. Hey, can you do me a favor? Could you put that in the new glass? I gotta play this whole thing. Hey, everybody. Just want to welcome you all to the premiere of the real Dunder Mifflin commercial, Michael Scott Director's Cut. Hope you like it. Alright. <laughs> it all starts with an idea. But you can never tell where an idea will end up. Because ideas spread. They change. Grow. So ridiculous. They connect us with the world. <laughs> and in a fast-moving world, where good news moves at the speed of time. What's the speed of time? What does that mean? <laughs> and bad news. I forgot that. Isn't always what it seems. You have a son, and it's it me. me. <laughs> the 
deserve a second chance. Okay, Stanley getting a job from prison. Oh my god, Not the chain gang on this commercial. Two scores. Two scores. Dunder Mifflin. Limitless paper in a paperless world. But I do the stinger. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. It was about, I mean, I mean, that was pretty close to two minutes. Two people. minutes. Two yeah, minutes. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry, for the, sorry for the lead up there. But guys, I think, uh, I think if we want to squeeze in a little office Olympics, we got to, we got to pause here. Do this one. Sure. All right. Yeah, we right. probably better than, I think we got to pause on we it. Can, we can jump in. That's pretty good. It's uh it's 20 episodes for the season. We got through nine of them. So that's 18, pretty, isn't it? Not bad. Uh, oh, 19, 19, well, 19. Yeah. yeah not right. bad. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess I'm right because I was close to that going over, but anyway, let's move oh, on to God, office. This Olympics. Price is right. Rules. Motherfucker. <laughs> RIP Bob Barker. Okay. Uh, rip in peace. <laughs> So I am keeping it very simple this week and we're going to talk about Dwight. Okay. But before we do that, we got to give a very quick plug to one of our sponsors forefathers. Yes. Okay. So forefathers, what is forefathers? Forefathers is the clothing for dads. They have the best funnest polos ever. I know AJ and I have now probably almost their whole collection between the two of us. Probably. Um, and, and recently, they just came out with hoodies. And you guessed it, clothes for the little guys. Yes. Yeah. The kids. So you and you and your kids can have matching. You know, I, uh, I'm i a bit of a, of a dad, as you guys know. Okay? I have two fur babies. I talk about them all the time. They're everything to me. They're the light of his life. You, have, yep. you do have severe dad energy. I'll give you. I that. do. I say dad jokes. Listen, Wednesday is uh, Survivor Night, the new new season of Survivor, and I'm gonna be wearing a forefathers. And uh, you guys watch Survivor, obviously, because every dad does, right? That's the most dad show on the planet. Oh, right? yeah, sure, sure, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to put your forefathers on. You you pop on Sur- Survivor. Me and my friends actually do Survivor uh, fantasy football style drafting it's a, it's a whole thing okay so you slap deal. the meat you throw some ribs on you watch survivor you're wearing a cool polo you wash uh, your a, hands after the first part well or, yeah. Yeah, whatever uh but anyway <laughs> if you take advantage of the scotch and Splenda oh link you will save 20 percent off forefathers clothing so uh click on the show notes Click the link, save 20%, enjoy these awesome polos. And now that falls here, they have some of their amazing styles in hoodie as well. So comfy. They've got the Texas Outlaw, which is their uh, their one with all things Texas. It's got like NASA on there. It's got all that jazz. The Turf Tamer, which is the sweet like mowing crisscross pattern. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the Carnivore Comfort, which is the one that is all sorts of meats and barbecues. And that's the one I just ordered for myself because I got to get one of these hoodies. The Dayglow I mean, shirt is my favorite shirt to wear on the golf course currently. So just putting that out there. Awesome. So AJ shoots a 72 when he wears that. It's true. And nine holes. All right. With my handicap. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with my handicap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's the code Uh, I believe there's a code yes BJ what's the code yes there's a so it's a link so you got to go to the show notes you got to click on the link all right 
and we'll have it in there for you. And I will do another uh, post on Instagram for it as well. But oh, yeah, there it's actually a separate link, not a code that you put in at the end of your purchase. So you gotta gotta click on our link to get in there, and then you purchase it, and you'll automatically save twenty percent. All right. Rock and roll. 20%. So, very easy scotch or office Olympics for everyone. A reminder, my favorite part of the episode, this is where I make up a game. I make AJ and Nick play it. So basically I say jump, they say on the slut. I say dance, they say how high. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make this about you, dude. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So pretty simple. We are going to talk so in one of the previous episodes, we did Dwight isms where you guys just said random things about Dwight. But I noticed after re-listening to it, you guys didn't name physical things about Dwight. Oh, so okay. we are going to do Dwight isms again, the physical edition. So what I mean by physical is you can name anything about uh, his appearance, clothes that he wears specifically. That'll be the big one. Okay. So I can give you an example if you want one. Yeah, okay. give us a quick refresher on the rules on this one. So you go back and forth. You get a you get no more than a three second Mississippi p- pause okay. to name a Dwight, and before it was anything Dwight. Now it's specifically like clothes or body. Like you could say tall, I would take yeah. it. You could sure. say mustard shirt, I would mm. take it. You know, you could say tiny nose, I would take it. Gotcha. Yep. All right. So you could say uh, whatever crazy person he dressed up as Halloween that one time that they had to take his. Carry away. Star Trek. Yeah, sure. Yep, totally. Or uh, Star Starcraft. Uh, uh, thanks. Starcraft. All right. Thanks. We'll yeah. strike against right. Nick so, on that. You can right. reuse some of the ones I just said. I don't want to take too many from you, but I'm, I'm going to allow Nick to start this All week. Right. Just say we can or cannot use the ones you just said. Back and forth, rapid fire. Since Nick gets to start, AJ gets one extra pause, and here we go. Uh, Brown Oxfords, always. Uh, long, uh, short sleeve, uh, button shirts. Walmart ties. <laughs> parted, parted hair. Center parted specifically. You got it. Get uh, Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. You have. Um, Nick, Nick is currently winning style points with <laughs> his answer. Sorry, go ahead, AJ. <laughs> uh, dressed, dressed as the Joker. Uh, cell phone belt holster. Nice. In the Scran Stranglers inside the house. Inside the house. <laughs> uh, you can't. You can't keep going on like that. <laughs> Why? Because it's distracting. Um. God. Ooh. Um. If it's <laughs> Dwight's appearance, does okay, does his AJ, bobble does his bobblehead count? Sure, only because he mimics a bobblehead bobble Joe. Yeah, bobblehead Joe. Bobblehead Joe. Um, he's got a uh, cutesy little button nose. Yep. He uh, has a bad goatee. Yes, he does. <laughs> Some a bad goatee. <laughs> he's got a uh, sweet little silver elastic bracelet watch. Okay. He- he he wears um, mostly brown suits. Yep. Drives a sick Trans Am. Classic American muscle. Yep, I'll give it. That'll be an, 
I, I count that as an accessory. Yeah, extension of Dwight. Yeah, dresses as a uh, or as a uh, uh, where's the sheriff's outfit? Yep. Oh yes, his volunteer deputy sheriff. Yes. Uh, he uh, smokes only once in the show. Smoking's going to save lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Although he does flick two cigarette buds in the show. Well, he uh, fake flicks one during the, the crime scene. Yeah. Uh, where's, where's overalls? Okay. Yep. Um, God, I don't know. AJ Chance to steal. Yeah. Uh, he, he wears, what are the, the pajama under, underwear body thing? Wife beaters? No. Oh, well, <laughs> like there is that too. Flat butt pajama. Correct. Oh, yeah. The yeah, red yeah. flat butt right, pajamas. Yep. Got it. I'll assist. I'll, I'm a man of integrity. Orange, orange cap, orange stocking cap. Oh, nice. Man, nice. I'm good. Call the man Dwight just to see what was shaking. <laughs> you have been compromised. Destroy phone. <laughs> Him standing Make on that rooftop is, is dead on. Oh, you said you said AJ chance to steal. I thought he won that point. Yeah, he did. Now it's on you. Oh, but I just started. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, okay. So, sorry. AJ wins. Did I win? Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> the the count was actually tied because you started. Oh, excuse I me. See. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So and then I was like waiting for you to do one more, but then AJ actually threw out two there back to back with a pause. That's my bad. That's, you my were, bad. that's okay. It's okay. I'm going to give AJ the win. It's going to have an asterisk next to it because I didn't explain very well, but that's all Can good. Give AJ the win. Put a new win. record on. <laughs> <laughs> You getting tired of hearing that one, that one hit wonder there, Nicholas? Oh, I'm yeah. getting tired of witnessing it with my own two eyes, yeah. you <laughs> ass clown. Collusion. Oh, collusion. That one was me. Oh, guys, we did it. We made it through Office Olympics. We made it through almost the first half of Dwight season four. We had a wonderful voicemail and uh, we drank a wonderful, wonderful whiskey. That was a good one from JR. Thank so, you again for that. Great work, yes. man. Thank you. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. We're going to come back with part two for Dwight season four uh, next week. Um, until then, make sure that you are rating, reviewing, following us on the social media as well. And uh, by all means, leave us a voicemail. Leave us a fan theory. Call in. Leave us that voicemail at what's the number? 319 359 7977. You got it. You heard it here first and hopefully not the last. All right, guys. Uh, until next time, we will catch you on the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. Goodbye. Goodbye.